0: And now, live from the shadow of America's mountain, this is Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. Welcome to Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. I'm your host, Heath, and with me tonight <laughs> are my amazing co-hosts, Michael and Lily. Michael, how are you doing? Great. <laughs> Lily, how are you today?
1: How are you doing? Yeah, I'm well.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Um... Yeah, all right. So first of all, a special shout out to Rachel Storm at Destiny Music for the song that's playing underneath us right now because indeed God is doing a new thing. I don't know where you were this last weekend, but I was partaking in Mario Murillo visiting Colorado Springs and there was definitely oh, a giant I was there too. move of God and he was definitely doing a new thing. So we are happy that we're rolling that underneath the show today and before we get going let's just get a couple housekeeping things out of the way make sure to check out rmrr.live for all the latest information updates about the show there's a contact us form to submit feedback comments suggestions to be a guest recommend a guest heck we don't care if you want to Communicate with us. Use that form. If you need prayer, there's also two ways that we can partner with you in prayer. The first, of course, is the prayer request form on the website. Or you can email us at prayer at rmrr.live. And we would love to partner with you in prayer. And while you're on the website, make sure to check out the link tree link to all the socials, all the things. You can find it there. For those having the privilege of watching us live here, you can like and subscribe to the YouTube and Rumble pages because that helps us help you. Helps us help you. Yeah, yeah. And follow us on Facebook for additional content information that sometimes does not make it to the website. And if you like the show and the show's content and feel led to donate to us, there are several ways you can do that. Um, You can use the links on the website. Uh, the show description down below, and for those watching, of course, on your screen. All right, let's get into it. We've got another amazing show for you today. We're going to continue with the five-fold ministry topic, and today we're going to tackle the topic of pastors. And mm-hmm. if you like the show and our ministry, we encourage you to share it with your friends, your family, your co-workers, your loved ones, because sharing is caring. And now, before we get into the content... I'm excited to bring commercials. Say, I actually, I—if anybody that knows me in real life knows that I actually despise commercials, but they are a necessary evil sometimes. But today, I am excited for this first announcement. Michael, tell the listeners what we got.
2: So, everybody, R M R R and Waymaker Ministries have now partnered up with Heath's good friend Kenzie over at With Love Custom Crafts. Mm, yes. With Love Custom Crafts is a Christian-owned small business, and Heath, you want to interject. Please tell us more about (laughs) that. I do.
0: So Kinsey, actually, um, I met her through uh, the show's TikTok page, actually, and I was scrolling one day and just happened to see a, a video from her pop up. And she was actually in tears making this video because she started this business as a way to kind of deal with some anxiety and stress in her life and just kind of a way for her to chill and relax. And she basically... Was like hand cutting vinyl to do all the things. T-shirts and cups and mugs. All kinds of stuff she does. And her husband believed in her so much. He actually ordered a bunch of equipment for her to be able to do this as a full time business. So he bought like the stuff for her to do. T-shirts and hats and, and... mugs and everything, uh, tumblers. Um, and so he he just really believed in her. And actually, she says in her video that he spent money that she wasn't even sure they had for him to do it, but he believed in her so much that um, they did this. And Kenzie and her husband actually are a military family. Uh, he's in the Army. And so at one point in time, not too long ago, they were stationed here in Colorado Springs at Fort Carson. And so it was just... Watching this video, I was immediately touched and just felt compelled to like, I need to talk to this woman um, about some merchandise for Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. And so I reached out and we've had a couple conversations and it has just been a, an honor and a privilege to get to know her and her family and to call her a friend. And And so, yes, make sure to check out um, With Love Custom Crafts.
2: That's exactly it. So her products are primarily focused towards women. Uh, the company... <clears throat> Tagline reads Creating custom quality items at affordable prices, all made with love. She started out hand cutting vinyl for all of her products. Her husband leaving her, as uh Keith just mentioned, and so much that he spent all that money. But you know what? He just said that.
0: Heath did say that. So that's okay.
2: Oh, but and great news.
0: Go ahead, Heath. Oh, you don't want to give the great news? I okay, I'll no. give the great news. I'll give it okay, I'll give it. So would you guys love to be wearing some merchandise that says Rocky Mountain Revival Radio or Wavemaker Ministries? Yes. Or perhaps oh my drinking goodness. Yes. out of a cup yes. or a tumbler? Guess what? Guess what? You're in luck. Where
1: has this been all of my life?
0: It's It's been a long time in the making. But I can tell um, you, as of today, Kenzie and I are working out a partnership agreement to actually produce branded merchandise for both shows. Um I've got some samples. She actually was so excited after we got off the phone this morning. She went home and actually made products, and they're going to be on your screen here. So we're going to have tumblers, we're going to have coffee cups, we're going to have T-shirts, we're going to have uh, polos, hats, uh, keychains, uh, hoodies. Like we're we're bringing merchandise. So. Um, I'm hopeful that actually her and I are extremely hopeful. We're going to be able to to find the right agreement, the right arrangement for us so that we can do this. And I cannot tell you how happy I am to finally be able to show you guys on the screen here uh, merchandise for Rocky Mountain Revival Radio and Waymaker Ministries.
2: That's right, Heath.
0: (laughs) Well, that wasn't an uncomfortable segue at all. Uh, Oh, Michael, why don't you hit us with the next commercial, please?
2: (laughs) Yo, guys, Bite Tag. Is your dog or cat or little baby pig, little house pig, are they like running around like crazy and they're just concerned they might run away? Well, RMRR and Waymaker Ministries are now partnered with Bite Tag. Bite Tag is the safest, most advanced pet tag on the market. It allows you to create a personal profile for you and your pet. When scanned, you will get a notification that your pet's tag has been scanned. It also gives the scanner the option of notifying the pet's owner that the pet has been found, and the tag uses GPS tracking to notify the owner of their pet's location. There's no monthly or annual service subscription fees, and BiteTag puts your privacy first. BiteTag is truly the last pet tag you will ever need. As an added bonus, when you use discount code RMRR15 or 15 for you math people. you will get a 15% discount off the purchase price.
0: That is right. And website links and email links are going to be down below uh, in the show description and also on the website on the news uh, press release page uh, to reach all of our amazing sponsors. Lily, this next one's yours.
1: How have the script is it the Redemption Squad commercial?
0: Oh my Lanta! <laughs> <laughs> so we we oh, spend a get, lot of time. Preparing I get
1: to do the Redemption Squad commercial. You shows. guys, you guys, the time has come for the Redemption Squad commercial. So twenty eighth and 29th, there's an outreach going down at Radiant Church Central Campus. You see, Heath, I don't need oh, a script. Oh, but you do. I am do. You do need a script? the script because no.
0: this one's different this time. That's why I sent you a script.
1: Right. Okay. So, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Central Campus, Radiant Church, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Um, I believe the zip code is eight zero nine two zero, but don't trust me on that. So, anyways, should I help you out? should come down.
0: Yeah, you should Friday help her out night. because <laughs> cause that's the correct information for Friday to assemble the provision boxes, but that is not the correct information for Saturday if you oh. want to join us. Yeah. Is
1: there wah, new wah, stuff wah. going on?
0: Yes, there is. There Shoot. is new stuff. Yes, <laughs>
1: yeah. Yes, you see, I'm filming so. this on my phone, but the script is also on my phone, so I can't really have the script right now. <laughs> mm,
0: yeah. The limos. Yeah. So. Help her out, Michael.
1: So, guys, just
2: just a <laughs> slight addendum to the amazing commercial. Um, on Saturday, April 28th, we will meet to assemble provision boxes. You already talked about that at Central Campus Radiant, 6 p.m. But on Saturday, we'll meet Ashley
1: Actually, at... Saturday is the 29th.
2: Yes, it is. Yes, ma'am. Yes. On Saturday, See? we will meet at 10 a.m. at Stratmore Hills United Methodist Church, 1705 Cheyenne oh. Meadows Road, 80906 to go over the game plan. Take communion... Together and pray We will be hitting a section 8 housing area Over in that area And we are expecting a powerful time For God's kingdom
0: There you go So Redemption Squad The 28th, 28th 28th, 29th, the 28th at Radiant Church to assemble provision boxes. Um, The last couple times, it's been really close to 200 boxes that we've put together to bring into these neighborhoods. And then Saturday, again, we're going to partner with another church uh, to head out into a local neighborhood there and impact some lives that way. Anything else you want to add on that commercial, Lily, since this is your favorite commercial?
1: I'm just so excited. So you guys should come. If you need a ride, I'll kidnap you. I'm down. So... (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, so just please notice that no laws will be violated in said kidnapping. So, that that. that disclaimer has been has been put out
2: there. No kids will
1: be (laughs) napped. Yeah, they ain't taking naps. This is a time to wake up the sleepers.
2: (laughs) Look at you
0: bringing a modern worship song into the show.
1: Um, Absolutely, Paul said it in Ephesians 6 before Hillsong said it, so.
0: <laughs> well, I was immediately prepared with the Hillsong reference, not the Ephesians reference, so I knew I could count on <laughs> you for that. Alright, and finally, our last commercial. You want to tackle that one, Michael? Like.
2: <laughs> yeah, we lost all of our listeners. They went back over to I don't know, Elijah Fire or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, alright guys, Valentine's Cover Shoes. Sean and Amy Blake, you guys know who to go to if you guys got some Poor hips, some bad knees, some messed up backs. And if your doctor told you about them, you already know we told you that about that first. Right. So bounce I for shoes, union station, union, the old DMV. What more can I say? I mean you guys go in, you you need to get prayer, you're gonna get prayer. You guys go in, you need to get a, a a form-fitted shoe for your situation. You're guys gonna get a form-fitted shoe for your situation. So let us just know what to do. The links are in the description
0: yes that it is so with that that takes us through our commercials today and thanks for hanging with us through that because yeah that was a good time for all of us as i'm sure it was for yeah you. um we're 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 gonna get better we promise um well maybe
2: <laughs> we haven't done commercials in a while you know it's really cool about he doing most everything at this uh, ministry is that we sometimes we don't have to do stuff <laughs> that's right so we get rusty it happens,
0: but I am excited to jump into today's show, and we're going to, again, like I said at the beginning, talk about the fivefold ministry, the pastoral role, and so again, as we talked about the last two episodes in this series, because it's been a minute since we've actually been in this series, we took some time off to do some testimonies, and so thankful for that, and definitely have some more coming your way, but the fivefold ministry, again, on your hand, we have the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, right and the Apostle. Okay, so we've been through the Prophet and the Evangelist. Uh, If you missed those episodes, I encourage you to go back and check those out so you have all the information. Now, I am going to start off this episode by saying a couple unpopular things, and I'm not going to apologize for it in advance. I'm just going to say it. Um, If your church, your pastor is not talking to you about scripture and they are not talking to you about all of the truths in scripture i do mean all of them and that includes the gifts of the fivefold ministry that includes the spiritual gifts that includes miracle signs wonders and healings you are in the wrong church get out
1: hey heath guess what mm. even saying can give you a pep talk
0: even saying
1: can make some kind of cool Ooh. instagram inspirational quotes right. for you right that doesn't mean anything to god
0: Right. You know, Lily's correct. You know, the, the Bible clearly says that Satan knows the word just as well um, as, as Jesus did. So, you know, you can get false teachings. Um, and I'm, And I'm also going to jump out here and say, before we dive into some of this, that it is the pastor's job of their church to be looking out for their flock to feed them acceptable, appropriate scriptural food. So again, if your pastors are up there preaching happy sermons, they're preaching things that are going to appease all the masses and not offend anybody, guess what? You're in the wrong place because your pastor should be preaching and teaching on topics that are going to be offensive to some, that are going to be uncomfortable for others. They should be teaching and preaching on topics that are going to stir up some of that sin inside you and convict you in the correct way. And so Again, I, I I know very unpopular opinion because there's a lot of pastors, unfortunately, in the United States. I can't speak for, you know, listeners in, our, in other countries that are listening to the show. But I know here there are plenty of pastors that are afraid to stand in their duty and obligation as a pastor of their church and to teach, preach lessons that are actually feeding the flock.
1: Amen.
2: You guys are coming out really hot and fiery, Hmm.
0: and I'm impressed.
1: Mm -hmm. Let's
2: continue.
0: (laughs) Well, so so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stop right there, and I'm just gonna say. So part of this is for me is this last weekend. I was very much convicted. Um, Mm. A word was spoken over me multiple times for a pastoral anointing, and I have not stepped into that. I have not really acknowledged it. I've kind of like you know, God, I'm trying to handle these other things first. Like I can only juggle so many things, and He really convicted me this weekend hard um i actually had to have like a breakdown moment in the fact of okay lord i apologize you given me a ministry with rocky Mountain revival radio and i have i have gladly gone along. I've gladly done what you've asked me to do, but I have not done it from the standpoint of a pastor. And so for that, I apologize to God and I apologize to our listeners, but no more. This ministry is going to be known as a Bible preaching, Bible believing, truth telling ministry, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it, you know, offends people. Okay, so be it. You need to hear these things because your eternal life is dependent upon the truths that we are telling. (laughs)
2: Okay, so if, Heath, if <laughs> you're blasting me right now with fire, <laughs> hey, do you feel that, Lily? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I'm,
0: I'm not going to apologize for the conviction the Holy Spirit has put on me to make sure that Rocky Mountain Revival Radio and Waymaker Ministries are going to be known for truth, biblical truth, biblical foundation. And if it means we've got to get in your face and say uncomfortable things, guess what? I'm not going to apologize for doing what the Lord asked us to do. Now I'm going to step aside and I'm going to turn it over to one of the other pastors sitting here because guess what? Not only are these two people amazing prophets, but they are incredible pastors in their own right. And it's an honor and a privilege for me to have them as my friends and family and to be able to minister with them here on these broadcasts every week. Somebody take it.
1: So a pastor does not merely teach you. Look at the word shepherd in Greek. Is Poimin. It means the feeder, protector, and ruler of all men.
2: Can you say the word one more time, Lily?
1: Poi P O I M E with a little dash on the line. That means it's a long E hardy. And N. Poi Feeder, protector, and ruler of a flock of men. So maybe you have teachers, maybe you listen to um people and they tell you all these scripturally sound things, but you're not under their covering. You're not in their flock. You're not being fed. If that's the case, then you need a pastor. Because not only are teachers absolutely necessary as a part of the fivefold ministry, but pastors are too. And yes. these things they may coincide, but they are not the same. I have anointed many people recently, God led for the office of a shepherd. And that is because God told me that he is raising up his shepherds because there is a new generation of sheep. So if he raises up so many of his followers without anyone to lead them, what would become of the sheep? The sheep could not be anything without the shepherds. So Michael, what are your thoughts?
2: If you don't go, uh, I'll, I'll interrupt. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. He, I'm sorting them out. Go ahead.
0: Okay. Well, Michael, sorting. Okay. I just want to come in here and <laughs> say uh, I 100% agree with everything Lily just said. Um, your your pastor can be a, a, a teacher because those those can those two fingers can be kind of together as one. Um, there are different flavors of pastor, but ultimately your pastor is going to need to be stepping in obedience to God. Okay, First and foremost, no pride, no selfishness. They're surrendering everything, putting it all on the line to God for complete control of their lives, complete provision in their lives, so that, again, they can act as an example to their flock. Your, your pastor's going to come along. They're going to correct you when necessary. They're going to Do it out of a place of love. Just as 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, the grace of these is love. Guess what? Your pastors need to be operating out of a place of love for the people placed in their care for their sheep. And you know, it's important too, and I want to make sure I s- we say this in the get-go before we get into some other things tonight, that your pastors need to be leading by example through discipleship. They need to yes. have somebody under their wings teaching them, showing them the ropes, helping to build them up in the word, helping them to sharpen their sword skills, helping them to strengthen their armor so that as that lead pastor over or shepherd over those sheep, they can be able to stand against whatever the enemy throws at them and do it righteously in, out of a place of humbleness and humility and love. Um, And again, so your, your pastors need to be guiding and directing. It's not one of those jobs where you just sit back, you prepare a happy sermon, you meet with some people on occasion, you're handling the church business. Yes, all of those things are part of it, but your pastors need to be teaching their replacements. They need to be helping to fulfill the next leadership role through discipleship and I cannot stress discipleship the importance of discipleship enough yes. I know that we talk about this on this show all the time it's part of our mission statement it's part of the tagline we use on all of our websites and everything else that we are a faith-based discipleship broadcast and there's a reason because the importance of discipleship in your life is crucial people if you're not listening to anything else in this message hear this it is crucial that you are Discipled. Wow. Okay. Yes. I am on fire tonight.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's keep, going get...
0: you've <laughs> no, mm-hmm. keep going if you uh, got more. No. I. 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 I'm going to pause right there. I know there's more coming, so I'm going to pace myself.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Shall so we many... get into
1: some Johnson or Michael? I think you should lead the way with um, the scripture you've been given.
2: There's so many. Okay, on, given? So, <clears throat> in the book of Titus. There is a passage that I honestly I love, but if you read a little bit further, <clears throat> it describes the problem with uh, an unbelieving um, elder. But it's also okay, let me just go back a little bit. Okay, this testimony' is true. Therefore, now I got to go back even further. So even one of their own, this is the book of Titus uh, t- oh, chapter 1 verse 12. Even one of their own prophets has said, uh, Cretans are always liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply so that they will be sound in the faith and will pay no attention to Jewish myths or to the commands of those who reject the truth. Real quick, before we proceed in the further instruction from Paul to Titus, this pastoral instruction to the people of Crete, um, uh, Paul uses a, I believe I believe it's a play or something like that, a Greek play or like some kind of common... Um, to their day, uh, uh, medium, uh, just as, you know, pastors might use a clip in a newspaper or something like that, uh, a news article or something like that today. But anyway, um, Paul is saying that's that, that, that true assessment of these Cretans are still in the church. So since that is the case, a pastor must be able to therefore rebuke them sharply so that they will be sound in the faith and will pay no attention to Jewish myths. So the, the, the emphasis is not even the rebuke. It's so they will pay no attention to Jewish myths or to the commands of those who reject the truth. Okay, this is the furtherance I want to get to. So um, this is what actually the Lord kind of laid on my heart is there are pastors kind of like the Cretans today. We have Cretan pastors everywhere. Hallelujah. Right? Not, a, not I'm not praising the Lord for Cretan pastors. I'm praising the Lord for he's helping me with this right now. So. So, all the glory to God. There are Cretan pastors everywhere. And what's so funny is like, one of like a slimy little dig is like, oh, you Cretan. <laughs> but today that's kind of accurate. So, um, there are Cretan pastors out there. There are pastors out there that we'll, we'll see in here, right here. Uh, one Titus 1.15. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are corrupted, so we have corrupted pastors, to those who are corrupted and do not believe. So, A corruptive pastor is a pastor who does not believe. Nothing is pure to them. Do you guys hear pastors where nothing is pure to them? They're legalists. They're legalists and they're judgmental and they're condemning.
1: Yeah, they condemn Um, anything that may possibly ever lead to sin or the exploitation of God or the abuse of the Spirit. But here's the thing, that could be anything. And you can't condemn everything. But to the pure, all things are pure. And nothing in itself is sin.
2: So to, cor- to a corrupted, this this is a further des- description of this corruption. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted. They claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny him. So Heath was just talking about a pastor who leads by example. Kind of like how King David went into the battlefield with the men, with the mighty men. He, he was in the charge, you know, with... Uh, I can't remember any of the names of the mighty men right now, but he was in the charge in the midst of them. Um, and by the way, to Heath's point about discipleship, David was a giant killer and he raised up giant killers. He raised up the special forces of ancient Israel. Okay. So actions, they claim to know good God, but by their actions, they deny him. They are detestable, disobedient, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. So, pastor, if you are teaching how to heal, you must exhibit. That's what Paul is wanting. Uh, if, if you are if you are preaching, why aren't we raising others to preach? Um, and and I'm not just talking about pastoral staff because pastors mm-hmm. are are equals amongst brothers. I don't care if you're a children's pastor, or youth pastor, you're a pastor. Your co, your co-worker, co-laborer in the in the harvest. Therefore, yep. each pastor is responsible for discipling. Heath, uh, wait yes. a second.
1: Hey, Michael. Yeah. to know a secular phrase that contradicts everything we are meant to do as Christians. What? Those who can't do, teach. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I had a exactly. basketball coach
2: like that. Yeah. I had a yeah. basketball coach who didn't even play basketball, and somehow yeah. he was a coach. What can, you
1: exactly. Exactly. What, so what can he, he do? Exactly. So now he. Sorry, no, no, I had don't, to say don't that. Don't apologize. <laughs> don't
0: apologize. I'm glad you you interjected that there. You know, as you were talking, Michael, I just I wasn't gonna bring this up till the end of the show, but I feel like <laughs> now is as good a time put it in now. But I'm gonna put it in now um, because yeah. it really was just screaming in my head. You know, the, in Jeremiah 23, 1 through 2, there is a gentle rebuke <laughs> for for not doing your job. And the scripture reads, Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture declares the Lord.
2: I, we I go just to have a to... contemporary of Jeremiah? Sure. I believe it's a contemporary. Yeah, Ezekiel. Ezekiel 34. You have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strains or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. Right. You know, and... Listen. <laughs> go ahead. Listen, you pastors. W- we need pastors who actually care for these kids <clears throat> who are going back to hell at home. We got we got four generations removed, at least sometimes five generations removed from church. That means great-great-grandma was the last one to go to church, guys. Heath, go for it.
0: You know, it's just this, this whole rebuke just reminds me of the importance of the duty that's been placed upon you it's not a calling that you get to take lightly and i think that's a a reason why i had such a hard time stepping into it Um, because i recognize that this is one of those things that like is a is a huge burden to bear but one that um You can't help but trust God, because when God says, you are this, guess what? You are this. There's no amount of teaching, schooling, pieces of paper, whatever you can acquire that's going to solidify that more than God saying, you are my pastor. You are my prophet. You are my evangelist. When God speaks those words over your life, guess what? You just went to school because God's going to start equipping you. He's going to bring encounters. He's going to bring disciples. He's going to bring all these things to help equip you to do the job that he has now called you to do. And that reminds me of um, this other verse that, you know, because we are in a, and I'm trying to scroll to it here. So give me a second. Um, While this whole move of God is taking place, God is raising up this new army. He has called forth this younger generation to do uh, some special forces kind of work through their pastoring, through their evangelism, through their healing ministries. And and so in uh, it, it, I just want to support that with Jeremiah 3, 15, which states, uh, where did it go? I just had it. Then I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will lead you up knowledge and understanding. That's actually the wrong one. But um the, it still proves my point. God is God is bringing about <laughs> shepherds after his own heart, after his own, you know, desire for basically reforming and revival within the church. And he's called mm-hmm. on this generation of folks to do that and it, it's it's so crucial right now. Um so if if you're sitting out there listening, you go, man, I kind of think I've heard this word or, you know, my grandmother always said, man, you should be a... a uh, matter of fact, my grandma did used to say I should be a preacher, a teacher, or a, a counselor. And so again, candlestick was, maker, exactly. But just those three. But but the thing about that is 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 grandma was kind of speaking prophetically over my life in those things because again, the things those those three things have in common is what we addressed earlier, and that's the fact that they're coming out of a place of love for the people that they're around. If you're teaching, you're preaching, you're counseling people, you're doing that from a place of love for your fellow man to help better them to help grow them to help walk them through situations in their life to help them to get to the other side what does a shepherd do he's doing the same thing with a flock he's leading them from pasture to pasture from water here to water there to lush grasses here to feed there um you know using that uh shepherd's hook to kind of bring them back in as they start to stray like it's not a um an easy job by any sense of the means, but it's one that um, just, I can't even put it into words right now. Um, For a time such as this, he is calling and equipping um, this new League of Generals. And I'm, I'm so humbled to actually be among that group. Lily, what do you got?
1: Well, in Ezekiel 34, it was mentioned that the shepherds feed their sheep in order to fatten them in order to devour them, to sacrifice them for themselves. The shepherds lead the sheep for selfish gain. How often do we see that now? But the Lord, He doesn't order us to sacrifice our sheep. He says in Matthew nine thirteen, But go, learn what this means. I desire compassion and not sacrifice. So I did not come to call the righteous but sinners. And then in Matthew 12, verse 7, he says, But if you had known what this means, I desire compassion and not a sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. He's talking to the pastors there. He's talking to the pastors who are leading innocent sheep, yet devouring them and fattening them up for selfish gain. But the Lord, Jesus Christ, he comes from this approach. He is the good shepherd. Hmm. Shall I go into Johnson?
0: Before you do that I'm going to yeah. throw out an, I'm going to yeah. throw out another one liner. Pastors, if you're listening, it is incumbent upon you to reach out across denominational lines and to start meeting yes. with fellow pastors. Okay? Because yes. again, at the end of the day it's not about denominations, it's not about my way view my views versus your views whatever. It's about the one true view of God in the Bible, okay? So Reach out to your fellow churches, engage in partnership opportunities where you can host things like Redemption Squad's doing this week, where they're going out to partner with another church to help their neighborhood, just like Radiance doing this summer with Church for All Nations to help sponsor Mario coming back to town. Like reach out to those other pastors, because I can tell you just from experience tonight, you know, we plan each show. I'll get you. We plan each show out. We do a meeting beforehand and we pray together as a team. We talk about the things we're going to talk about on the show. And tonight's pre-meeting went a totally different way where we actually wound up pastoring to one another, um, loving on one another, um, building each other up in a way that I didn't see coming. Um, But it was totally necessary in the moment for us to do that. And so, again, I just want to throw this encouragement out to pastors. Michael, what do you
2: got? Push back to that. Heath, but a different dimension of what you said okay. to the pastors who have done that and obediently, and you, you experienced um, what other pastors experienced the, the problem of doing what Heath just recommended of, of reaching across denominational lines and maybe having some pastoral meetings. Um, yeah, I, I hear you, but um, that's not always fruitful. Um, sometimes you are the only person in the city who's actually able to do that. And you, you dug into that and you found that there are a bunch of schmucks around you, essentially Um, institutionalized pastors, Mm. pastors for hire, not, uh, not pastors who that when the bear or the wolf comes or Goliath comes for that matter, you turn and run and you quit as if it's an option. And so anyway, to the good pastors out there that are not for hire and have gone through the gate Jesus to get to uh, said assignment, I want to encourage you. Keep on doing what you're doing. Uh, God has a GPS signal right on your heart. Let's say heart, because mm-hmm. um, He knows. He knows. So I pray in Jesus' name that the right apostolic contacts. Are formed, are established to where you can build a new network in your area, your tri-city area, rural area, uh, multi-state area, whatever you need to do. I really encourage you, um, yeah, even prophetically, reach out and build a like-minded in the Scriptures um, apostolic network because we're to we're to share and the ministry were to be sent out two by two. You you were never supposed to be sent out alone to your assignment pastor. Are you kidding me? That's a flaw of seminary Bible college right there. You're supposed to be there and impacting the community and you're dried out. You're dried out. <laughs> you're you're struggling. You're in a church that there's only a sapling of life from the maybe the main line or whatever sawn off tree that was sawn off years ago yeah i'm saying that you're the only life representation of the lord in your denomination i encourage you to not just reach out to other churches think another mm, book of acts not notch up think apostolic network think think how are we going to raise up a generation apostolically what i mean by that is through discipleship look for fivefold ministers in the communities Build a discipleship program. Raise up expecting. See, let's go to Field of Dreams. If you build it, they will come. Raise up and expecting in an expectation. You're gonna need workers for the move of God coming. Why not build one? Why not build the workers yes. right now? Um,
0: well and to Michael's point, I, I started to say what I said for a reason because I was getting okay. a, a word and it wasn't it wasn't fully complete. And so I'm glad that you you went where you went. Because you're right, it's not always easy to do what I'm suggesting to do. But I know specifically there are a couple folks listening to this particular broadcast right now that the Lord is encouraging you to pray For a divine appointment, he's going to bring you people to help your ministry. And to Michael's point, yes, you, if you're not being open to the fivefold ministry in your church, you need to figure out the logistics of how to make that happen. I cannot stress how important it is to have representation of the fivefold active, active in your church. Okay. It's a
2: team sport. It's a team exactly. sport. If you only yes. have one prophet, if you only have an evangelist, a, it could be a fledgling evangelist. Disciple them. Right. Give them the ability.
1: Yes. Uh, you don't
2: have to bring them on staff immediately. Just build a relationship with them. Encourage them. Encourage them to speak out at the job site at work. Um, this is so much bigger than getting someone on staff. This right. is so much bigger than your pastoral job.
0: Well, this is what, what Michael's saying without saying is this is kingdom mindset, okay? Yes. So yeah. you need to, it's you so, need so to, much
2: bigger than church mindset. We yeah, got to branch out into the business sector. I know this goes back to uh, the mountains, the seven mountains we were talking yeah. about. But th- frankly, how are you dynamic enough, Pastor? Be honest. Are you dynamic enough? What's going on in the pews? Why yeah. isn't it working? Uh, and I'm not saying it's May your I fault either. May I just say either. this?
1: How contagious can your Jesus be when you only talk to your people, your staff? That ain't how it works, buddy. Do that the work of an works.
2: evangelist. Do the work yeah. of the evangelist. Exactly. If you dare, if God dares give you a word for someone, not not in the sermon prep. I'm not talking about <laughs> your your holy sermon prep that you may you may do prep for. I'm talking about what does God trust you to give to give you a prophetic word? Do you trust yourself to do it? You know, um, mm. we, we, Do we you actually- trust
1: yourself or are you still trying to build that old foundation of dead works? Mm. Why haven't you moved on to building a house on that foundation yet?
0: I, I don't have the statistics and I wish I did, but the Lord just reminded me of this as we you guys were talking that you know, the other thing that I want to encourage in this episode, pastors, is to spend time in the Word, spend time in the prayer closet. You know, we, we were told a couple weeks ago in church that the number of hours a week uh your pastors are spending um in the Bible, that they're spending in the prayer closet is ridiculously low on average. I know that there are some pastors out there that they're doing their job, and I'm not, I'm not coming at you. I'm not rebuking you. I'm not any of that. But I just want to bring this to light because again, we are going to struggle to lead our flock if we are not receiving the divine instruction from the word, if we're not spending time in prayer with the Lord, Um, you know, receiving What he needs to receive, if we're not willing to do that, then we're not going to be able to effectively shepherd a flock. Go.
2: The church institution will still be here when the Lord comes back. There will be Christians still here. There will be church institutions still here. There will be pastors still here. Um, The Lord is coming back for his bride, not the institution.
1: Well, he's looking for a person, a body. A person. Not, not a building. Right. So just thinking we're called to be feeders, protectors, sharers, partakers, investors, neighbors, neighbors, not competitors. Why yes. would you rival your neighbor trying to see how much fruit you can get? It's all going to spoil with that mindset because you're not going to pluck it from the tree, right? When you are Come in a on, rush, girl. Come you're on. You're going to bruise it, you're going to abuse it. You're going to drop it on the ground instead of your basket. Trying to compete with your neighbor. Focus on the harvest worker. That's right. That's what I'm led to say. No,
0: Lily's point is 100% spot on because I've I've been holding back the whole show on you don't need to compete. It's not a competition. It's not a competition because at the end of the day, the church is right here. We talked about this um, you know, several shows ago how the church On earth isn't a building. It's not brick and mortar. It's right here in you. So Lily, to Lily's point, yes, Christ is looking for that perfect bride. That is you and me, your cousin, your nephew, your aunt, your neighbor, that coworker that annoys you all the time, even them. Okay, though all of us are the church body, so there is no competition when it comes to the saving of souls and for eternal salvation. Okay, it's not a competition. Exactly. Okay? We're not we're not keeping score. Okay? It your your job is to effectively shepherd and lead your flock to feed them the s- spiritual nourishment that they need so that their spot in heaven is guaranteed. Your job is to rebuke them when they're starting to slip into sin, and not in a bad way, but to come alongside them to support them to pray with them to encourage them to lead them through um i just i keep i know i've said that point a couple times in the show but it's it's just ringing in my head so loud i have no choice but to keep uh to keep speaking it um you know and like i said lily made a great point it's not a competition at all no way shape or form michael what do you got
2: um if my phone would stop being slow i do have a verse hey can someone let me just do this my bible's right in front of me Keep going. Oh, I'll be right there.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, Lily, do you got an extra point on what
2: um, you were
1: just talking about? You know what? The first will be last. The last will be first. If you want a competition, <laughs> oh, why do you remember that order? If you want to compete with your neighbor and be first, go ahead. It'll balance out and you'll end up being last. So that's what <laughs> I have to say. You know, if we're going to well, compete here and rank ourselves. Great minds think alike. Wait, really? That's what you're going to say?
2: Well, no, it's the same the, in the same spirit, though. Um, <laughs> so, um, wow, what? Oh, it's Luke. I'm doing great, gear guys. Hold on.
1: It's also in Matthew, okay. I think. If we're talking about the same thing,
2: we're not talking about the same exact. But okay, so one day, Jesus and the guys they're walking along, right? John has a blithering good idea, and yes, I do say that sarcastically. Okay. He says, (laughs) well, let's just, let's go in context. An argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Jesus, knowing (laughs) their thoughts, took a little child. By the way, can we, hey, Heath, can we stop on that real quick? Mm -hmm. Jesus knowing their thoughts. Hey, newsflash, everyone, an encouraging one. That's a spiritual gift. That's a spiritual gift. Jesus knowing their thoughts. Now, I'm not going to say you're going to have the accuracy of Jesus, but you can get queued up to the soul realm of that person, their mind, their will, and their emotions. You can read a person's emotions via the Holy Spirit. You can read a person's mind, dare I say, via the Holy Spirit. Heart, that's actually the best one to read because then you're getting all all of them. What I'm saying is that's a, I just want a quick encouragement to you guys. Yes. Paul says to desire spiritual gifts. Well, there's one right there. Okay. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside him. Then he said, whoever welcomes this little child in my name. Guys, we were just saying this to each other. Whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For he who is the least, or he who is least among you, among you all, he is the greatest. Master, said John. Okay, so this is the one I was looking for. So, here comes John. Master, said John, we saw a man driving out demons in your name. We tried to stop him, because he is not one of us. John was the first one who wanted denominations, because he is not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said. Jesus said, do not stop him, for whoever is not against you is for you. There you go, Lily. Jesus Mm -hmm. proved you right.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Pride is the opposite of pastor, mm. of shepherd. A prideful minister, a prideful pastor, certainly is a contradiction. Is is double-minded. Crashing waves of the sea, crashing against one another, is a collision within themselves, collision of flesh and spirit.
0: I think that just so, proves the point of you can't serve two masters. Mm-hmm. You, either, you either can feed your pride and your ego and your whatever, or you can... Lay that all down and surrender it and serve the Lord, but you can't do both. Yep. Satan would like to think uh, to convince you that you can, but the reality is you can't.
2: Okay, okay. I hope this isn't such a dramatic shift. We have we have addressed <laughs> we have addressed thoroughly and according to the Word of God. We have addressed words of caution to pastors and 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 what a pastor is not. Should we should we go into some texts of what a pastor is? Is yes. that okay? Yeah, yes, please. Let's do okay. it. So to start out, let's go to Psalms twenty-three.
0: Mm, one of my favorite so, psalms.
2: The Lord is my shepherd. So in likeness, Christianity, right? Little Jesus, right? That's what we're. That's what the word Christian means. Um, the Lord is my shepherd. So in likeness, we may be shepherds, and and hopefully in His likeness. And so let's let's Lord, let's look at how the Lord shepherds. So because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall lack nothing. A shepherd should be able to promote complete dependence on the Lord. There's intricacies into that per scenario. There's also good guiding principles to really push forward. But the I shall lack nothing. Mm. How many pastors, like, like we were talking about, how many pastors are turning their sheep into that, that strong mindset? That's, that's a blessed mindset. And that's the perseverance in hard times mindset. I shall lack nothing. At the same time, it's a principle for any scenario in life, financially or um, uh, whatever condition your soul or spirit may be in. Um, and how the enemy may be attacking you in that season. The I shall lack nothing. We, As a pastor, and, and it, 23 will go into how a pastor can do this in likeness of the Lord being our shepherd. So I shall lack nothing. Can a pastor, is a pastor able to encourage and pastor a, a disciple of God into this, into this dependence on the Lord being his shepherd or, or her shepherd? He makes me lie down in green pastures. There are seasons that we must lie down. There are seasons where we must lie down in green pastures. And, and sometimes the pastor's foresight for your scenario We'll help you do that. He leads me beside quiet waters. Uh, do you guys have anything on that actually? He leads me beside the quiet waters. How, how many pastors, pastorally, uh, guide us into quiet waters and maybe insight on what quiet waters may be to you guys?
1: Well, this is actually prophetic because in Matthew 8, I believe, is the story of how Jesus calms the raging sea, he leads his disciples into quiet waters
0: that's so good a
1: shepherd doesn't just lead their flock anywhere and he doesn't lead them somewhere he hasn't already been someone he hasn't somewhere he hasn't already observed and deemed worthy no it's only green pastures and quiet waters for the pastures sheep what you got man
0: well, as you were, as you were just getting through the first, <laughs> really the first two verses here, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like there's a, such a similarity to a, what God's been doing in my life and B, um, the fact that, you know, in Matthew, uh, Matthew six, you know, 25, 34, uh, no 25 to yeah, 34. He talks about, you know, the word. God's going to provide for us so we don't have to worry about anything. And so again, being able to teach that principle is not an easy one. Because I can tell you from firsthand experience, living that principle is an entirely different thing. Um, but I know that at the end of this experience, and it just kind of dawned on me, the end of this experience, I'm going to be in a better position to help shepherd other people through similar situations um i can actually by example buying having been there done that got the battle wounds to prove it i can help lead others to the other side which is those green pastures which is the still waters which is a sense of peace um and trusting in the lord so i just i'm yeah i'm kind of mind blown right now at some of the things i'm seeing in, in just going through this psalm again so
2: so yeah and Heath, to Lily's point to your point When Jesus, Lily, this is awesome, when Mm -hmm. Jesus calms the storm, the first thing he says to the guys is, you of little faith, meaning he was shepherding them into doing it themselves, just like when he he feeds the five thousand, you guys do it, he says, you guys feed them. Now, their responses are of no concern right now, but this is what we're focusing on what the good shepherd says, right? (laughs) Okay. Heath, Heath. To your point, he restores my soul. Mm-hmm. He's doing a rest- restoration work in your soul right now. Yep. Okay. He guides me in paths of righteousness. So a pastor in Christ likeness guides, helps guide people in paths of righteousness. God, God, righteousness for God's namesake, not the church's namesake, not pastor, not Pastor Todd, Pastor Kelly's namesake. Even though I walk, not saying they do that, by the way. We're just <laughs> using our pastors as an example. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Okay. In Christ's likeness, pastors are to also walk with people through the valley of the shadow of death. They're not to stand back when other people are going through the valley of the shadow of death. and be like, Jesus with you. See you on the other side, bro. <laughs> They're not supposed to do that. Okay. I will fear no evil. Pastors are supposed to pastor people. And we're using the word pastor a lot. Shepherds are supposed to shepherd people into fearing no evil. When is a great time to practice fearing no evil? Fear and evil is around. That's a great time to practice. Uh, for so, all are the time. With me. Oh, gosh, I hope not all the time, Lily. Not to contradict you at all. I mean, I hope I not. I mean, I'd hope because... not, but
1: evil is all around us. And sure. people could be afraid of anything. So, that is something you practice all yeah, the time, yeah, really. Here's,
2: here's the mm-hmm. thing, though. Pastors are to pastor you through the valley. And so, and so there are seasons of valley, and there are seasons of being on the other end of the valley. But pastors are also pas- uh, to shepherd you into next plateaus of faith. Uh, we go from grace to grace and faith to faith. And to shepherd you differently in that season than they did. So shepherds are to actually study the sheep. They're, they're supposed to know when the sheep has a limp and when the sheep doesn't have a limp.
1: Yes. I love this because it would make no sense for a pastor to bind wounds on a woundless leg of a sheep. It would make no <laughs> sense for a pastor to feed their sheep when they just were filled and it's not the time for them to eat. It's not the time for them necessarily Yeah, keep to eating eat sheep. It.
2: Hey, we got more to eat. Sheep, keep eating sheep. Why don't you, why don't you, pastor them into working out their yeah. faith? Yeah, with fear and trembling and fear of mm-hmm. the Lord. Why don't you, pastor them, force them, whatever, whatever pastoring technique you may need to do with that sheep. Why don't you implore them to go walk out?
1: Yes, being a Christian it it is out. not just sitting and eating your word, it's not just that. It's living it, going out into the streets and proclaiming the good news to the poor and setting the captives free, raising the dead, cleansing the lepers. Why are you just fattening up? Why are you right. fattening up? There for? are, there are, are some go fat out. Christians
2: out there. There are some fat Christians out there, and they need to walk out their puffed up knowledge. Knowledge right. puffs up. Knowledge gets you fat. You start being bloated, walk around bloated. Oh, man, I don't know yeah. this. Blah, blah, blah. You haven't gone. The Jehovah's Witness got you beat, bro. The Mormons got you <laughs> beat, bro.
0: Well, you know, to, to Lily's point, I, I was trying to find it. I I pulled it up here. But, you know, the one thing I was thinking as she was talking was that, uh, reference to 1 Corinthians 12, you know, we're all part of the same body. You know, all of us make up this body. And so if one part of us is hurting, like, why... Why as as pastors and leaders and, you know, just people who love Jesus, why would we not come alongside them and help through those times? Why would we not help provide? Why would we not help care for mental and physical and emotional needs? Why would we not seek healing if that's needed? Like, it just, it makes no sense that if if our pastors aren't doing these things through example, um, how are the rest of us supposed to... Step into the Great Commission? How are we supposed to step into, you know, John fourteen twelve, you know, do the same things that Jesus did and then some? If we're not being shown these things, if we're not being taught these things, if we're not if it's not being represented in our flock, in our body, how are we to be
2: successful in those things? I heard the excuse just now in the spirit. Oh, that's not my personality. No, this is beyond personality. <laughs> you can be a quiet guy and do all this stuff. You can be a boisterous guy and do all this stuff, Pastor. This is beyond personality. Here, here's why. Your rod and your staff, they come for me. The rod of God and the staff of God are principles. They keep on rotting and they keep on staffing. Okay? They, you are, pastor, you have been given. Oh, I feel the, I feel the Holy Spirit right now. You've been given the precious eternal word of God. Do you know this? Do you remember this? You have been allowed as a mortal to preach eternal words of life from the throne of God the rama and the logos were combined have you familiar yourself with these things they flow forth from the river of life from the throne have you forgotten it's not just logos bible software okay the rod and the staff of God are living active sharper than any two-edged sword you were giving it you were given a shepherd's rod from the hand of the shepherd who considered you for good works for his for his kids we need to remind ourselves this is holy if you're given a prophet's mantle it is holy if you are giving an apostle's itinerant traveling schedule churches underneath your cover that's holy if you are given an evangelist ability to work in signs, wonders, miracles, but also the broad net, thank you, Holy Spirit, the broad dragnet of an of an evangelist's ability to scoop up a wide variety of fish and give the sorting to the Lord. Because that's what that's what his job is. Okay, if you've been given these things, if you've been giving the the teachers ability to rightly divide pastors evangelists prophets apostles we all have to rightly divide but in context of the if you've been given that to rightly divide you've been given this by none other than the trinity the fellowship of the trinity you've been brought into the fellowship of the trinity and they before you were born in the formation of you and your mother's room considered you a good choice they did the math with you they figured you here in this time, Acts seventeen twenty seven. You here in this time in this place is good. It's good for these sheep. It's good for uh, uh, this church network here. It's good for this YouTube channel and these listeners. Uh, this Rumble station, these these podcasts of listeners all over, all over around the world at Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope this yes. is encouraging. I hope this is inspiring you even right now. To pick up the word of God in a new way. We really want to inspire you to to pick up and taste and see that the Lord is good in the Word of God and to experience Him with your eyes, ears, mouth, nose. And and so the rod and the staff, they are eternal. And they are comforting Heath. Well Lily,
0: uh, anyone. On that last point with the rod and the staff, you know that mm-hmm. the, the sheep actually find that to be identifiable and comforting when you actually out with real-life sheep they trust the fact that you're given that staff for a reason well yes sometimes it's a it's a whack or a guiding pull back you know it's a way to help you when you've fallen down into the the ditch or whatever but there is comfort in knowing that that staff is there because that means you are responsible for them you're going to take care of them you're going to defend them from the attacks from the bear and the lion and all the things right so that should be a comforting phrase that the rod and the staff are there so you can take comfort you can take solace you can you can rest at ease knowing that the good shepherd is standing there with that rod and staff protecting guiding leading nourishing
2: his flock Lily I like how you just said nourishing go ahead Lily
1: Oh well there's something about the staff that's establishing it's a mark of identity it's a mantle it's a yes. symbol that it is not only that the sheep are dependent on you but the lord gave you that staff to be dependent upon as you walk you put the staff before oh, you so
2: good Lily.
1: <laughs> one of my neighbors one of my neighbors i met recently walks with a shepherd's staff because he has the anointing of a shepherd he doesn't need a cane, but every time he swings that staff forward, it goes before him, and then he steps forward, and then the staff goes before behind him, and it goes back before him. The staff of the Lord goes before us. We lean on it. It is our means to walk by. It is the thing that sets us apart from the sheep. It's what makes us a shepherd. So mm-hmm. would you like to continue um, reading Psalm 23? That's my, that's my point.
2: <laughs> I have never, Heath, have you ever heard that in your life? No. I had
1: never heard that before. And when you guys tossed well, it over I mean, I was like, what am I going to say here? Oh, <laughs> I mean, thank you,
2: Holy Spirit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. only Holy Spirit with the living word of God can bring yeah. you out of Psalm 23, all this stuff, and can bring something so fresh that I, Heath, you've been a Christian your whole life. I've been a Christian my whole life never heard that in my entire yep, life never and only here at Rocky Mountain Revival radio guys did you just hear that that is one of the best staff in I've ever yeah. heard
0: <laughs> you know yeah Holy I just want to I just want to point out that you know we again we invite the Holy Spirit into every show that we do. When we do these pre-show meetings, when we pray, we invite the Holy Spirit in. So oftentimes, as as I'm watching this back uh, in post-production, I'm like, that was not Heath talking, that was Holy Spirit, that was not Michael talking, that was the Holy Spirit, that was not you know Lily talking, that was the Holy Spirit talking. And so you can see that coming through, and I hope our listeners and viewers can also pick up when it is the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking through us to, to drive home a point, to bring some power powerful scripture to you know just help feed you that that little nugget of manna right there that you needed to hear um you know we we definitely operate under his direction and flow when we're doing this and and it's so amazing to me I, again I just I thank God for for blessing me with these amazing people that I get to do these shows with because when we're together, the Holy Spirit just flows in us in a way that I've never experienced before in my life and couldn't even possibly describe for our, user, our listeners. But um, again, I just want you guys to know that, you know, there are times it's the Holy Spirit coming to you. It's not something that we prepared to say. It's not something that we've got notes on. You know, there are many times in this show where the Holy Spirit just takes over and you're getting direct word of God to you in this broadcast.
2: You're getting direct hidden manna. Mm-hmm. That hidden manna was so hidden, man. I'm telling you, that thing was tucked away way back. And it's still fresh. It's fresh bread. Fresh hidden manna. Okay, I'm saying these, these intentionally, these food words intentionally, because a pastor, especially when preparing in the kitchen of the Lord, in Christ's likeness and how he does with us, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Guys, throughout the week, at the days, throughout the hours throughout the moments of our lives. We are operating in the presence of our enemies. okay spiritual warfare, right? Ephesians 6. it's a principle. It's a principle of the Christian walk okay The, the Christian leader is serving and is preparing and, and hopefully with an expectancy and a heart and, and, and a care for the dish they are working on for his people, his or her people, yeah, her, her people, his or her people, they're in the kitchen of the Lord preparing a dish specifically for that flock, specifically for those people, individuals and corporate. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So one of the boldest things a pastor is doing, and um, they idolize this. Guys, pastors idolize this, getting in the office and, and working on the message. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. However, consider it a really holy job to be a chef in the kitchen of the Lord and to use his ingredients, his words. So what we're not talking about is going online and photocopying a sermon. And we're not talking about um, getting inspiration from anyone else but the Holy Spirit.
1: This recipe ain't on Google. <laughs>
2: it's
1: not a formula.
2: If God designed us all with different fingerprints, with different DNA strands, with different DNA code, if he knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb, and then he translated us into DNA, we should consider the recipes that unique also. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I'm just, we can't go on to the next one. I, okay, any thoughts on that?
1: Hmm.
0: I don't know that I want to jump in on this one yet. Well, That's there's okay a confidence
1: in preparing the table because to prepare the table is to signify to the sheep that you are about to be fed. There's some pastors that only prepare the table and teases their sheep with the idea of food, with the idea of dinner is about to come. That's sick. That's <sighs> sick. You're meant you give to prepare us an the table with, with more than, hold on, you're meant to prepare this table with more than just tablecloths and cutlery. Why, why isn't food set out? Why isn't the body and the blood of Christ set out for his people? Where is your communion that you're to take in remembrance of me? I guess any example of this, I'm not going to call anyone out, but there are so many general examples of this where. Pastors advertise and um, post hype. on social media and hype this party in their church. You know, maybe they're about to have some guest worship band and they're really excited about that. Uh, this worship band's from a big church, and we're so excited to collab with these people. Um, but there's no food. There's no food. It's just the opportunity of getting to see a pretty table set before you. But pastors, you need to set the food out on the table. That's a lot more important than knives and forks on the right side, right? And spoons on the left.
2: Right. And, and to Lily's point, yeah, you don't lead a horse to water. You don't have, you're not forcing the people to eat. But the word of God does say, taste and see that the Lord is good. Okay. Mm-hmm. So are you preparing something tasty? Is it worthwhile for the sheep? Like, are they going to have questions? Are you going to be able to answer their questions? Are you going to... It blows my mind. Sometimes I feel bad for people in church when they walk out of there like, I've heard that 90 times. Why have you heard that 90 times? What? Where are the questions? Questions are a sign that you're learning, that you ate. Like, are are we in the word deep enough? Are we in communion with the Holy Spirit deep enough to where we... Pastor, are you accessible to ask a question or to answer a question?
0: Okay, so we, have, we haven't we read this part yet, but I got to jump in because the whole purpose of preparing this table um, is so that... To prove the point of the next set in this verse is your cup overflows. You need to be feeding your sheep to the extent you need to be filling them up spiritually with this good manna, with this word of life, with this uh water that will make it so you do not thirst. Okay, You need to fill your people up to where their cup is overflowing so that they can go out between... You know, groups, small groups, and church services and, and evangelist outings, or whatever the, your people are doing, so that they can be filled through the week, so that they can do battle against the enemy. Your job is to feed them so they can armor up, as it says in Ephesians 6, so that they can go out and do God's business, so they can fight off the attacks of the enemy, they can stand firm in their faith, because you fed them, you've led them to these pastures, these waters, you've given them. The food, that manna, the water to drink that they need to sustain them through it all. And if not, then they need to know that you're standing there with that staff ready with the moment they say, I'm veering away, or I'm I've fallen into a pit or whatever. That you're gonna be right there with that staff to yank them out, bring them back in, give them the 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 rebuke um, that they need in that moment because they strayed away and then begin to love on them and feed them and nourish them again and again and again.
2: And there are some in your church that you need to anoint. The next line, we all know it. You anoint my head with oil. Pastor, don't be annoyed by the problem. Child's in your church. They need discipleship. A lot of your problem children in your church, a lot of your problem sheep could really use discipleship and they could really use every single one of us has experienced a maturing process in the Lord. Don't deny that annoying person that or at least test and see what's going on there. If you find that they're just kind of like childish and they're actually they may be have true tendencies and some some um, adherence and some character there. Right. And they're not a problem. Um, first, so, you have to test that out, though, first. So, once you've done that, uh, disciple them. Dare, dare, if they, okay, I, Heath, Lily, I find that some of these, um, I've, I've been around enough to see some of the uh, tougher people for pastors. Um, I would say some of the time enough to figure it out and, and, and do something about it. These people aren't just nuisances or wolves in sheep's clothing, uh, they're people who need discipled and are called to ministry. Yeah. And you won't know what ministry they're called to unless you're discipling. And you won't know how to anoint them unless you actually did the work. Right. So sometimes the black sheep is someone with great questions that are hard to answer because they're inquisitive. Yeah. Because God has made them that way so that they can be effective. But you wouldn't know that because you labeled them a problem child, a black sheep.
1: Yeah. So You guys want to know go something? Ahead. Go ahead. I was the difficult child in my no Sunday way. school. <laughs> yeah. I was the one to ask the questions. I was so hated by every pastor. Because you were hated
2: by, wait, wait, wait. You were hated by pastors?
1: I would get told to stay after Sunday school class a lot and told not to ask questions because it's confusing and Sunday school teachers just don't know how to answer me. Mm. So I know this firsthand and you know what? People get shamed out of the church, out of the flock. People get thrown out of the flock. People may even get abandoned by the flock. But the sheep that, Michael, you're talking about, they don't need to be left behind. They need to be carried for a little while until they can stand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So please go on. I had to throw that in, though.
2: <laughs> well, and so to continue in the same spirit, um, to anoint. Okay, Pastor, you know, because you're one of them, that some of the sheep are going to be sheep their entire lives. And then some of them are called to ministry. Part of being a pastor is raising up the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the callings of the Holy Spirit, the fivefold ministry of God. You have to raise them up. And to, and you actually have to like figure out who has that. And so to anoint someone's head with oil for this, you have to figure out what you're anointing, how you're anointing. So yeah, this part's work. This part's, this part's some, some work. This takes time. Uh, this takes devotion to the Lord. This takes uh, reverence for like Elijah. You know, the Lord yeah. said to Elijah, go and anoint these people. Elisha, Jehu, I forget the others always have. But Elisha did it because Elisha was the next one up. And it it became his disciple. not Not to take his job. Pastor, chill about the job. Okay, just chill about the job. It's not about the job. It's about that was the next one up jehu was appointed for the next one up as king or yes as king what i'm trying to say is anointing just like samuel experienced wasn't as easy as he thought it'd be samuel had to go through all the brothers samuel had to filter it out until he went through david it was a process and david was in the back burner so far back on the back burner he was the shepherd boy oh man prophets pastors you have to find the shepherd boys you have to. It's part of your job.
0: Yes, it is. I'm just going to interject in here really quick, too. The the whole reason that you're doing this hard work, because Michael mentioned, yeah, this is hard work. This step is hard work, but if in the context of, of Psalms 23, the first five verses are all about the work. Your reason for the work is verse 6. The reason why you're putting in the hard work, the reason why you're doing the things is because... Of verse six, and we've already talked about it in this episode previously. But
2: Michael, go ahead. Surely, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Heath, Heath, you got it, man. Preach it out.
0: So, so again, coming at this from kingdom perspective, kingdom mindset, guys, you're doing this work because you are preparing people for eternity. Again, we're on this earth for such a short 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 amount of time, but eternity, very long time, okay? So mm-hmm. our choice is to either be prepared for eternity, you know, being grown up in the spirit, accepting Jesus, all these things, right? That we we've talked about on episodes before. And plenty of churches talk about these things, but they're not emphasizing the fact that because We want these things to happen because your eternal life is what's at stake. Okay. You're either roasting in the pit of fire or you're spending an eternity with Jesus. Those are only, those are your only choices. There are no other options, ladies and gentlemen. There are no other options. There is one way and one way only to heaven. And that is through Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth and the life. There's one way. So if you're not preparing your people for that one way, guess what? The only other path is like fire, and that is your uh, job as a pastor.
2: Re- real quick before we head over to Lily, because I know Lily has something. I'm reminded of the parable of the talents and the minas, mm-hmm. and in those parables, there was one dude who got the least amount of investment uh, material. Yes, but he's also the the wrong steward. He was he was the unfaithful servant, and. He, and he was wrong because his perception of God and perception of, of, the, of the master who dealt these uh, talents and minas out for, for investing was wrong. It says here in verse 6 that goodness and love follow. Do, do not be like the steward, the, the poor steward, uh, the, the one that buried his talent and his mind in the ground, pastor. His perception of God was wrong. You need to have the right biblical perspective of who God is. And yeah, that busts up some denominations there. But if you believe God is good, then God is absolutely good. That's not on me to exegete that one out for you, Pastor. That's on you. Because the (laughs) very bad stuff happened to the guy who had the wrong perception of God. So are you actually sure? Surely? Assuredly? Are you actually sure? that goodness and love follow you and that you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever? Are you an ambassador of God's assured goodness and love?
1: Lily. Mm. That's a powerful word because if a shepherd isn't confident of where they're going, then they must remember that they're leading many sheep. It's not just them. It's Jesus not just said, their the life. The
2: blind lead the blind into a pit.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep.
0: Now now is not the time for timidity. Now is the time, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but now is the time to be that holy rebel, okay, to stand up (laughs) for what's right, to start preaching, teaching the word of God. Don't pick and choose because it's going to fit a narrative, because it's going to make the board happy, because it's going to fill the seats. You need to be preaching the word, the unaltered word of God. Sorry, Lily, go. (laughs) Hmm.
1: Jesus also says in John 10 Truly, truly, I say to you He who does not enter by the door Into the fold of the sheep But climbs up some other way He is a thief and a robber But he who enters by the door Is a shepherd of the sheep A shepherd takes no Shortcuts in caring for their sheep It's not just this general formula way of Clean, wash, eat Let's get to walking. No, there's special care, attention, devotion put into each sheep as an individual because there's individual sheep. If it wasn't this way, then it would just be this one giant corporate body, not individuals, but just one big thing. Christ looks at the individual and he doesn't take his sheep anywhere he hasn't already been and studied the terrain of and deemed worthy like we talked about in Psalm 23, the green pasture, the quiet waters. He takes them through the door that he himself entered into and was established by entering into. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Go
2: for it, Heath. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I got, I got nothing. I'm listening to the uh, pastor, Lily.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I got a word coming, but it's not for right now. So yeah. keep Lily, going, Lily. continue
1: to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice he calls his sheep by name because they are individual individual sheep and he leads them out when he puts forth all his own he goes ahead of him he goes ahead of them the sheep follow him because because there's a reason it's not just this aimless thing that they're doing because they know his voice the shepherd isn't imitating someone else's voice. It's not trying to sound like someone else. It's not copy and pasting someone else's sermon. A hired shepherd can't imitate the one familiar voice that the sheep recognize. This is what activates that one door that the sheep go to and fro through freely. When the sheep pass through the door being led by the shepherd, they pass into the covering of the shepherd. Covering. is that door. Should I continue? I'm trying to read you guys' faces, but no, no, it's keep, hard. keep going, keep going. <laughs> okay, on. Verse five: A stranger, they simply will not follow, but will flee from him.
2: Wait, wait, wait. Who? Because will they, they do not
1: even a stranger.
2: Oh, a stranger. They hmm.
1: simply will not follow, but will flee from him, because they do not even know the voice of strangers. Hmm. Hmm. The sheep will not only flee from that counterfeit pastor. they will flee to the real shepherd i was talking to a woman i was discipling last night and um, i told her it's not just about fleeing from evil or fleeing from satan it's about fleeing to god because the devil can follow you any place else you go but he can't follow you into the sanctuary into the secret place so the sheep they don't just flee from the stranger who's trying to impersonate their shepherd that they love, that they are loyal to, but they will flee to their shepherd. It won't matter as much if the sheep only fled. Who are they fleeing to? The sheep would only be caught by the wolf if they didn't flee to the shepherd. A stranger would only catch up and steal the sheep if the sheep didn't dash towards the true shepherd. They have to be under that covering. And if they're not, then what do they have? They're just... Beings in the wilderness but I want to feed or tend to them so shall I continue <laughs> <laughs> I'm down but I just want to make sure that I don't override any of your guys' thoughts
0: No I think you're good so far
1: Okay Jesus said to them Truly truly I say to you I am the door of the sheep all who came before me are thieves and robbers again I tell you but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. He will go in and out and find pasture. Those who came before Christ the shepherd had to sacrifice their way into heaven. That's all they had. They didn't have compassion. They had mediocre obedience at best, but they relied on sacrifice. They had to steal the sheep's lives in order to have a way into heaven. But today, is the day of the door for the sheep who can pass through it freely. You don't have to steal the life of some burnt offering to find a way into heaven. There's a door right here. We have salvation now. Before Christ said, this this is actually interesting, though, to me, because before, in verse 1 or 2, Christ said that he who enters by the door of the sheep is a shepherd. But what's interesting now is that Christ says he who enters the by the door is saved and a sheep. But here's the thing, even the shepherds are being shepherded by the one that's greater than them. So they're both sheep and shepherds when they enter this door. They're leaders, they are the established among the flock, the ones with the staff, but they're following one that's greater than them. They're under the authority of the door the doorkeeper, they're under the authority of Jesus, who is the good shepherd, who is the shepherd of shepherds. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Mm -hmm. He who is a hireling and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, beholds, the wolf is coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. How does the wolf snatch the sheep? It's by scattering them. because. It's only by focusing on one that he needs. If one is set apart, one is outside of the flock, outside of the covering of the shepherd, then how much easier is it for that shepherd not to notice the astray sheep and the wolf to snatch them and steal them away? The shepherd flees because he is a mere hireling and is not concerned about the sheep. But I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. Even as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. Mm.
0: So I'm going to tag in. <laughs> as right. you, as you were reading there, I, um, I was prompted to remind, it uh, was given the reminder of, of John 21 where Jesus is talking to Peter and basically reinstates him. And, and, you know, the, the Lord says to Peter several times, you know, do you love me? Then feed my sheep, you know, take care of my sheep. Um, Feed my sheep. You know, those three are, are right here. He, he asked them three times. And, you know, you got to be wondering if you're Peter, like, okay, this is kind of obnoxious. You've asked me the same question. I say, yes. The response is feed my sheep, take care of my sheep. And so I, I just clearly, as you were talking, was seeing this as additional instructions for uh, for our pastors. It is your responsibility to take care of the flock, to feed your sheep. Right here from John 21, um, verse what? It's 15 uh, through 19, um, you know, Jesus is instructing him to take care of the sheep, provide for the sheep, feed them. Um, you know, and, and, the other thought I was having as you were talking, there was, uh, and maybe it was even back to when, when Michael was last talking that, you know, you've got as a pastor, be willing to meet your flock where they are. You know, it's not always a, a cookie cutter sermon or a, or message that, that is going to give, what everybody needs. You're going to have to address the fact that there are some non-believers, some new believers, some heavily experienced believers as part of your flock. And so you've got to find a way to feed them all. And I know that that's something that as we're preparing uh, uh, shows for rmr or for waymaker that we take that into account that we're trying to provide reference for non-believers we're trying to find you know provide fruit um and that hidden manna for for believers of all walks of life and and all experience in their walk and so um uh, that is something if you're not doing pastors you need to make sure you're doing um meet them where they are um you know you need to really be in tune with the Holy Spirit and how He's guiding and directing you uh, to prepare uh, your messages for your flock, uh, because that's going to be crucial in making sure that they are well fed. As as John said, as as Jesus said to Peter here and John, you know, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, take care of my sheep. If you love me, feed my lambs. So that's what I got as you were as you were talking there, Lily. Mm,
1: Michael, way you have.
0: Um,
2: a quote that I can't find from Paul, so keep going.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have other sheep which are not of this fold. (gasps) How dare you, Lord? How dare you (laughs) have other
2: sheep in another fold?
1: I must bring them also. They too shall hear my voice. They shall become one flock with one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me. Because I lay down my life that I may take it again. Because he who loses his life will find it. Verse 18, no one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down at my own initiative. So I love that Christ says at his own initiative, not just at his own doing, but at his own provoking even of the thought entirely. Because, you know, he could have been uh, maybe surrounded by thieves and robbers holding a gun to his head surrounded by wolves and just completely surrendered because that'd make it easier than if he fought but no he initiated the sacrifice of his life not the enemy not the wolf not the thief not the robber I have authority to lay it down I have authority to take it up again this commandment received from my father and there arose a division again among the Jews because of these words here's the thing the Jews is one of the flocks he's one they are one of the flocks that Christ spoke of and they kind of reacted like Michael just did satirically how dare you Lord we're your only flock we had you first we're of your bloodline we're of Abraham we're entitled to this privilege and you can't tell us otherwise there arose division again among the Jews and Christ just spoke of unity He just said that they shall become one flock with one shepherd but among the Jews There was division because he spoke about unity How could he unite us with these sheep who are slower than we are? Who are less blessed than we are? Who aren't of the same bloodline as we are? How could he? They're not worthy to be in the same flock as us But none of us are worthy of this shepherd. That's the thing. That's what unites us all. None of us are worthy of this shepherd, but yet here we are. We are one flock. Verse 20, many of them were saying, he has a demon and is insane. Why do you even listen to him? Others were saying, these are not the sayings of a demon possessed. A demon cannot open the eyes of the blind, can he? He cannot. Because a house divided against itself cannot stand. And just like that, a flock divided against itself cannot remain united. There must remain a remnant, though, that is loyal to the shepherd, not just because of the sheep around them, not just because they grew up with these people and they know them, and yeah, I guess I'll go where you go. I don't really care about that shepherd. He's not for me. No, Hmm. that's not how it works. You can't just be loyal to your fellow peers. You can't just be loyal to the name of your church. Be loyal to the Good Shepherd, Heath, where you have
0: well, I, I guess the the other point that I was thinking, that I wanted to bring up in this episode was the fact that, again, there is a burden of responsibility as a shepherd. Um, you know, I was reminded that a couple of weeks ago we we celebrated Resurrection Day, and for others that's commonly known as Easter. But... We'd, we'd had some discussion um, after one of the services, the worship team and the media team had gotten together uh, before practice. We do a prayer and we kind of talk about some things. And we were talking about the fact that the night before, um, Pastor Todd had mentioned that Jesus had joy going to the cross, knowing um, all that he was going to encounter, all of the pain, all of the 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 strife, all of the the you know, the mocking, everything, you know, his, his back being torn apart from the whipping, all that stuff. He had joy knowing that he was going for his sheep. Okay. And even, even if just one sheep had chosen to follow him, he still would have had the same joy as it would have been thousands and millions of of sheep falling there still would have been that same joy and so you know it just again all kind of circles back to me about love and and coming from a place of love and i and you know if you've listened for a while and you know me you know that that 1 Corinthians 13 is my favorite book in the entire bible um 13 is is the the love chapter for those that don't know um because again we need to be engaging Um, out of a place of love for our fellow man when we're when we're acting um, in accordance with the great commission to go out and talk to people about the good news of the gospel when we're going out with redemption squad to provide a provision box and to to have an opportunity to pray with people who are less fortunate than we might be Um, when we're standing in front of a group of youth giving a message and part of our testimony when we're However it is we're operating, um, if we're not doing it out of a place of love for our fellow man, then we're definitely, um, short, uh, given the short end of the stick to, to what our purpose is there. Um, because we need to operate out of a place of love, um, even going through trials, even going through hardships, even, you know, urging someone along or maybe giving them a difficult word or, um. You know, a, a gentle rebuke. You need to come out of a place of love, and there's no greater example of that than Jesus, um, because I truly believe that there is no greater love than to lay down your life for somebody else. And Jesus did that. He did that for all of us. And and so, you know, I just I I wanted to make sure that you know we just reminded our 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 listeners that you know we need to come from a place of joy. We need to come from a place of love as we're operating and whatever whatever gift that God has given us, whatever anointing He's or calling He's placed on your life um you know, do it joyfully and even, you know, and I can't remember the chapter verse off the top of my head, but I know we're to consider it joy when we face trials because those trials, um, are going to four.
1: Thank
0: you. I knew, I knew you would. I knew I could count on you. <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're to find joy when we're facing trials because again, that's going to help refine us. That's going to help shape us and mold us to be the people that God has called us to be. And so, um, I, I guess I just want to tack onto this episode a, a little message of joy and love and and kindness and and all of that because uh, th- you're really going to be more effective in your your giftings your callings if you're operating out of that out of that place that place of love just as Jesus did. Did you find your verse,
2: Michael? No. <laughs> <laughs> but well, we we've ad lib. I'd like to
1: sincerely apologize about the James reference, it's not three through four, it's two through four.
0: Oh, well, see how you are.
1: Forgive me, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, you you at least attempted
0: to throw out a a chapter and a verse. I just knew it was there. Um, I could not for the life me remember the chapter and the verse.
1: Probably the New Testament. (laughs) Probably.
0: It's safe to say. (laughs) You're chewing on something, buddy. What do you got, Michael?
2: So, um, Paul, Paul and Corinthians... Three twenty-one through four two i I want it's a word of encouragement um because it's tempting today in today's church condition to really um overemphasize well i like this pastor because of this well i like this pastor because of this let's just let's just listen to this real quick the lord knows that the thoughts of the wise are futile so then no more boasting about men all things are yours. All things are yours. Whether it's Pastor Paul or Pastor Apollos or Pastor Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours. And you are of Christ and Christ is of God. So then, men ought to regard us as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the secret things of God. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must, 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 must prove faithful. So I just wanted to put that out there. It's in sneaky um, context of what we've been talking about. Jehovah sneaky, (laughs) our provider, (laughs) our provider of the, ooh, look at the word of God. Oh, isn't it good? God is faithful. So while I was looking for the verse I thought I wanted, God highlighted this verse um the good things of certain ministries are there for your good Uh, um, pastors with certain touches from the lord like apollos who was the best orator i mean he people loved apollos he emerged even amongst the apostles like cephas and paul as someone who stood out for what the lord had gifted him with people love cephas for so many reasons People love Peter for so many reasons. People love Paul for so many reasons. I mean, who was it? I forget the people who were wanting to cry when he was going to leave to Jerusalem, but they were crying over him because they loved him so much. And in this, this Paul who's writing to the Corinthians, he says, "All are yours." So the things we love about a minister or pastor or even the Lord. We might love one thing of the Lord more than the other based on the season we're in. They're all yours. Um, the future, uh, the present, life, death, it's all yours. Um, why is that emphasized? Because men ought to regard us as servants. Pastors, at the end of the day, are a deep level of service. It's part of the fivefold ministry. Pastors are a gift from God to the church for service so that the church can be edified and built up into Christ, into the image. They're servants who help us get there. So if they're not helping us get there, there's a problem. And if we're not getting there, not only on their effort, but on our effort, there's an issue. That's obvious. But they're entrusted with secret things, not for the selfishness of themselves, not just to write books and get book sales, but they're entrusted with the secret things that would propel a bride into battle armor, or into the veil, or into the image of Christ. The veil meaning the precious secret things themselves. Okay.
0: So as you were, you were given that uh, nugget of wisdom bomb. There, um, I was reminded of what it says in Ephesians four, eleven through twelve, as we're talking about the gifts of of the fivefold where it says here 411 so Christ himself Thank gave you. Christ himself gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the pastors and the teachers now it tells us in verse 12 why to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up but wait there's more until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of god and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of christ meaning it is our job to keep doing these works until we all reach unity and faith in the knowledge of who the son of god is becoming mature and attaining the full measure of christ so your work sadly for you is not done our work is not done um, but that should also be encouraging that our work is not done
2: yeah, it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like that that talent, you know, the one talent guy and the one minor guy. And I'm not calling pastors the one talent guy and the one minor guy. Meaning, pastors, you probably gifted more than one talent, and especially these days and these times. The Lord is pouring out his spirit. Hello, you have more than one talent and minor. Right you're expected probably to do aim for the hundred fold aim, aim for the aim for the 30 fold aim for it. Um, but, but even still, so, so sheep, let's, let's cheer on our leaders, uh, to serve us better. Let's, serve, let's cheer on our, our leaders to, um, not regard themselves as a uh, man as they, wow, well, that's too hard of a word. Heath, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not retiring. I'm not going to retire. So, anyway.
0: You know, I think uh, I don't even know if I want to crack open this can of worms. Um,
2: I think we're cl- closer to cracking up the can of worms of concluding because yeah. we, we have slammed the word of God down some people's throats today. And, and mm-hmm. hopefully lovingly.
0: Well, I, I, okay, I'm going to say this. Uh, so this is going to be my final thought before we, okay. we go into, into prayers and things. So my final thought is this, um, you know, Hebrews 13, 17 talks about having confidence in your leadership and submitting to their authority. Because they're the ones keeping watch over you, i.e. the shepherd, as those who must give an account. So, again, that's just a reminder for for the shepherds that you're going to have to give an account for what you did with your flock. But it's also a word. <laughs> it's also a word for the sheep that we we need to submit to the authority of our pastors. We need to trust their guidance. And, again, if you are not in a church. If they're
2: guidance. trustworthy. Right.
0: If you're not in a church. That's that's preaching the Bible, that's preaching the whole truth, not bits and pieces, but the whole truth, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, then that's a different situation. Go find a different church that's got that pastor because it's you're not expected to submit to that authority if they're not being trustworthy with the Word of God. okay? So so my final thought has to deal with the fact that, you know, submit, to a trustworthy leader, a trustworthy shepherd, if you are amongst the sheep. And if you are the shepherd, be mindful of the fact that there will come a day, according to Hebrews 13, 17, where you must give an account, okay? So you're going to be called on the carpet for your failures with your flock. So if you've stumbled, if you've dropped the ball, if you've, you know, gone out of bounds or whatever, this is your reminder to kind of get your your house in order because you will uh, be called to account for the success and or failures of your flock. Michael, final thoughts?
2: Yeah, I just want to do a quick commercial for uh, a a ministry moment, Rocky Mountain Revival (laughs) Radio Ministry Moment, Pastoral Prep. Go check it out. That's what it's titled. Uh, That's another source text for the fear of the Lord amongst a servant of God and any, any church leader. Um, it's a, it's a ministry prep and well, it's the, just encouraged.
0: Go ahead. I'll just say to partner with that. Um, I'm glad you brought up these ministry moments. Cause I was hearing them earlier in my head. We did uh, actually Chris did one uh, on the flock about defending the flock and feeding the sheep. So those also will, uh, partner well with this particular episode, as well as Michael's uh, ministry moment on. Let's put Pastoral the link of them in the description. Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
2: So that, that would be it. I, I just, um, a quick memory, you know, back in the day, I was at a, my, my own mentor's um, church and he isolated the future uh, church leaders in the crowd. And, and that he considered me one of them. And he isolated us for a word of encouragement. And he gave us that pastoral prep ministry moment uh, text. And he's like, guys, we, you know, I'm going to push pause for the rest of the crowd here, but I'm going to push play for the future pastoral leaders we have in this crowd. And and he was re- speaking specifically to a few of them. And that was his word of encouragement. Was it, is it Luke 12? Heath? I cannot remember right now. I could look it up and be better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I, I, I want to say it's, it's somewhere right sh- around there. I feel like it is, but it's been a minute since I did the post on that. Because
2: Peter replies. Peter replies to Jesus. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Luke twelve. Peter asks, Lord, are you telling Luke twelve forty one? Peter asks, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? So Peter is like, Hey <laughs> Well I thought we were supposed to be leaders, Jesus. <laughs> He's like, Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you're 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 leaders. The Lord answered, who then is the faithful wise manager whom the master puts in charge of the servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth, he will put him in charge of all of his possessions. But suppose the servant says to himself, my master is taking a long time in coming, and he then begins to beat the men servants and the women servants and to eat, drink, and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day." When he does not expect him, and at an hour he is not aware of, he will cut him up to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. That servant who knows his master's will and does not get ready, or does not do what his master wants, will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded." And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much will, much more will be asked. So I, I do think we have shown the high a piece of the higher standard that church leadership is going to be judged by. And 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 guys, that's for the fear of the Lord's sake, so that your awareness of the sweetness of the Lord, and and so that the sheep are shepherded rightly. It is. A specific call and a specific importance to the Lord, the shepherding mantle and fivefold ministry aspect.
0: Lily, final thoughts.
1: Picture a prophet, an evangelist, an apostle, a teacher, a pastor, a shepherd. These are all very active offices, not busy bodies, but they are doing something for the Lord. They are glorifying the Lord with the works of their hands, and their hands are not idle. If you picture a prophet, maybe you see someone intentionally going to war in prayer, not only crying out to the Lord, but listening to the Lord's voice. If you picture an evangelist, you see them on the streets reaching out with their own hands. Not afraid of getting dirty. If you're picturing a pastor, you see them walking with their flock. You see them feeding their flock. You see them not sleeping until everyone else in their flock is asleep. And maybe you don't see them sleeping at all because they are to watch and they are to pray. And if you're picturing a teacher, you're seeing someone who's learning. Not only surrounded by books, the word of the Lord, but the Lord himself and going out to their students as a student. And then an apostle, you're picturing someone with Jesus, someone who's giving instruction and order, someone who's covering the church actively, attentively, someone who knows their church after seeing the face of God. Proverbs 3.27 says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is Mm. due when it is in your power to act. These are active offices. So if you have even one of them, if you are blessed with even one of them, do not withhold good to whom is due. Because it is in your power to act. You are in the office. You're not to be a busybody. You're not to be idle. You're to be active for the Lord to glorify Him. And mm. that's my last thought.
0: Wow, that is so good. Um, I I did not see the show going this way <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> as we were, uh, you know, planning the show for the last couple of weeks. Thanks to our break last week, it gave me a little more time to do some prep, and and I'm actually glad for that. Um,
2: well, and Heath, this show is also lead, uh, is also a prophetic herald to future
0: right. pastors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just, uh, I, I'm so thankful um, the direction that God took this show and the things that we, we came out with, you know, and I've said it before, when we plan out a show, we always have ideas and things we want to bring to it. And I probably only talked about five of my notes, but wound up um, out of the, Twelve I had prepared, and wound up adding um, several more throughout the show as I was being prompted to different scriptures throughout the Bible uh, to support some things that were being talked about. And so I, I just I love watching the Holy Spirit move and and God doing what He does with this show. And and I guess as we, we move into um to ending the show, I'm gonna ask Lily to pray for us and then I'll come behind her uh with the secondary prayer and then we'll get into closing housekeeping and, and get out of here.
1: Oh Lord, I thank you for the shepherds that you are raising up for your new generation of sheep. Mm-hmm. I thank you that yes, you Lord. are caring for them already right now. Before these sheep are even conceived, you see the mating season of the sheep, you see this new generation rising up and you've already placed this calling, this beautiful anointing of shepherds on those to whom it is meant for. Thank you, Lord. God, I pray that you unveil your shepherds and that as these people are your shepherds, let them also be shepherded by you, shepherd of shepherds, the good shepherd. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray. I pray right now that Satan does not attack with doubt or insufficiency any one of your shepherds. I do, I just, I break off, I bind, I close any door that is not the door, that is not you, Lord. I close any door that is not kept by you, O doorkeeper. Lord, I thank you that you have made a way for us. You are the way for us. God, thank you for laying down your life for your sheep. By your own initiative. It was no one else's provocation. You wanted to do this. No one forced you into a corner. No one took your life from you. It was you, Jesus. You who laid your life down. You who bore the cross. You would have done it if no one else told you to. You would have crucified yourself. Because you crucified yourself daily for us. Bearing the way of our sins. And being perfect. And I thank you, Lord. If you guys will repeat after me, I'm led to just impart this. Lord, if it is mine, I receive the anointing of the shepherd.
0: Lord, if it is mine, mine, I receive
2: receive the anointing
0: anointing of the the shepherd.
2: shepherd.
1: I take up the staff that goes before me.
0: I take Take up the staff staff that goes before me. goes before me.
1: And comforts me.
0: And comforts me.
1: Comforts me. Lord, establish me in humility.
0: (laughs) Establish me (laughs) in humility.
1: Let me lay down my life like you did.
0: Let me lay down my life, my life, like like you did.
1: Lord, allow me to be shepherded by you.
0: Lord, allow allow me me to be be shepherded shepherded by you. you.
1: As I shepherd the flock you've given me,
0: as I shepherd the flock you've you've given me. me.
1: Thank you, Lord, for the flock of my family.
2: (laughs) Thank Thank you, Lord, for the the flock of of my my family.
1: family. My school, my work. My church, my
2: school, my, school, my, work, my, my, my work,
0: and my church.
1: I receive my flock. I receive my flock. My flock. Let me tend to them as individuals.
0: Let me, Let tend, me, to me them tend
1: to them as individuals. as individuals. Feeding one grass, feeding another meat.
0: Ooh. feeding one grass and feeding another meat.
1: Feeding another meat. As it is needed.
0: As is needed.
2: As
1: is needed. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.
0: In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Mm. Mm. That's so good. All right, well, we never want to close out a show without giving you an opportunity to have a personal relationship with Jesus. And this has become my favorite part of every show that we do. Um, Because again, this ministry isn't just shows. It is about... Uh, doing the Lord's work, doing the Lord's business, and this is a part of it. And so we want to give you that opportunity. If today's the day for you and you just feel that, hey, I I can't do it my way anymore, there's got to be a better way. Well, good news there is, um, and that is surrender to Him. And so we're going to say a prayer together uh, with you. Um, so bow your uh, bow your head and close your eyes unless you're driving. We don't want you doing that. You can still say the prayer, <laughs> though. Um, so repeat after me, dear God.
1: Dear God. Dear Lord.
0: I know that I've sinned.
1: I know that I know I've I've sinned, sinned.
0: but I believe but I believe that Jesus died in my place
1: Jesus, Jesus died, in, died my
2: place. in
0: my place but Lord you raised him from the dead
2: you raised him raised from the dead Lord.
1: Lord.
0: so Jesus
1: so
2: Jesus
0: I confess I confess that you are Lord
2: that you are, you are Lord
0: please be the Lord of my life
2: please, please be the Lord, Lord of my, my life.
0: life wash away my sins
1: Wash away away my
2: sins. sins.
0: And give me the power to follow you.
1: And give Give me the power power to follow follow you. you.
0: Amen.
2: Amen. Amen.
0: Now, if you prayed that simple prayer, we believe you were born again, and we want to share that experience with you. So actually make sure you share that experience with somebody, whether it's a friend, a family member, somebody at church, whatever. If you don't have anybody to share with, you can write us at prayer at rmrr.live, and we would be more than happy to celebrate with you and to welcome you into the family. And I know there's a couple out there today that are making that decision. Um, and if you're on the fence, again, I don't hesitate. Today's the day. So say that prayer. Yeah. Um, and let someone know. And the reason why is because we want to help ensure that you have the tools and the skills, the support, the encouragement you need to continue walking the path. Because. Unfortunately, the enemy's job is to try to dissuade us from making those decisions, from sticking the path. And so we want to make sure that you have people coming in to surround you, to encourage you, to walk with you, um, and to point you to resources and things that you're going to need in your walk. And so if you don't have that, you can reach out to us. We'd love to partner with you in that. And if you've got that, great, but let somebody know. And with that, guys, I just want to... I, man this is such a great episode and i just want to thank every one of you for joining us today for spending time with us and spending time with the lord um, and as a reminder if you liked today's show and the show's content we encourage you to share it with your friends your family your loved ones your co-workers your sisters cousins nephews former roommate why because sharing is caring and remember to check out rmr.live for all the latest information and updates about the show. Please like and subscribe to the show's YouTube and Rumble pages. Follow us on all the socials Facebook, Twitter truth, all the things. It's out there. Podcast listeners, I love saying this every show. Podcast listeners, we love each and every one of you around the globe. We are so thankful for you tuning in uh, with us every week, uh, allowing us to help uh, feed you some of that uh, hidden mana and some of that uh, water that we were talking about earlier so thank you for joining us um, and again if you uh, want to listen to the show on podcast you don't want to see our faces that's understandable we've got faces for radio some of us anyway uh definitely not Lily but you know hey <laughs> but um you know there is a listing of all you know
1: that... the lord says to consider it all a joy
0: <laughs> yes it's a, it's a burden it's a burden one. Eye, one
1: Two,
0: four. One, I I bear joy. Take
1: that, Heath.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I bear that burden joyfully. So it's fine. Mm, That's a good Um, word. Yeah, so. It's not
1: (laughs) my fault that Heath is so beautiful. How can I compare?
0: Yes. (laughs) Uh, Links to the (laughs) podcast providers are going to be in the show description. Um, And if this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider partnering with us uh, and donating to the ministry. Um, There are links to do so on the website. Uh, uh, in the description down below and for those watching, that will be on your screen down by Lily's Chin um, all donations are going to go to hosting fees software equipment um, and some, you know, wherever the the Holy Spirit directs us to to give through the ministry and to to use those resources for that. But uh, you know, we're still partnered with Redemption Squad, so a portion of the proceeds go to support their efforts in our local community as well. And finally, guys, remember to get yourself into a good Bible believing, Bible teaching, Holy Spirit led church. Plug into groups and discipleship opportunities and serve in any way you can. Thank you again for joining us. Have a great week. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to Rocky Mountain Revival Radio.